Hello, it's Robert Bathurst here. I was one of the first guests on My Time Capsule, and Mike has asked me to tell you that you can now listen to the podcast ad-free by subscribing to Acast Plus. Details of how to join are in the description of each episode. Mike says it's very reasonably priced. In fact, Mike says it's a bargain. And who am I to disagree? Locked here in his cellar. Anyway, for a small subscription, Acast Plus, My Time Capsule, ad-free. Free. Unlike me. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to My Time Capsule. I'm Mike Fenton-Stevens, and in this podcast, I ask people to tell me the five things from their life that they cherish and would like to preserve in a time capsule, no matter how unimportant these things might seem to other people. They can choose five things they love and would like to preserve or have again, but they must also pick something that they rather regret or find uncomfortable or difficult or even unfair, something they'd like to bury in the ground and never have to think about again. Picking five things in this episode is the actor and writer Vicky Pepperdine. Vicky co-wrote and starred in the multi-award-winning BBC4 sitcom Getting On with Joe Brand and Joanna Scanlon, for which they were nominated for two BAFTA TV awards and won two Writers Guild of Great Britain awards, a Royal Television Society award and a British Comedy Award. Vicky was a double act with Mel Hudson, and together they wrote and starred in BBC Radio 4's The Hudson and Pepperdine Show. Very well named. Vicky is also in Julia Davis's Sky Atlantic series, Camping, and her and Julia host the improvised podcast Dear Joan and Jerrica, which I would highly recommend. Vicky was in the BBC Three series Together, the BBC Four sitcom Up the Women, and the comedy drama Grass. In fact, She's appeared in over 50 TV shows, including Rev, Midsummer Murders, Still Open All Hours, New Tricks, Doc Martin, 2012, Nighty Night, Lead Balloon, I'm Alan Partridge, Saxondale and Miranda. She was in the film Johnny English Strikes Again with Rowan Atkinson. She plays Princess Anne in The Windsors and his Aunt Sally in the new BBC version of Wurzel Gummidge. Honestly, what a disappointing career. Still, at least she's finally got the chance to pick five things to put into her time capsule. Oh, yeah. Everything's all fiddly-diddly. I know. Everything's postponed. But it's, uh, yeah, but, you know, 
But we love it. Well. We just love it. We keep smiling. We crack on. Keep smiling. We're in the biz, aren't we? <laughs> we keep smiling and crying secretly at home. That's what we're doing, basically. <laughs> we'll just be horrible to everybody we love. That's the yeah. important thing. Yeah. Anybody we don't know, we're delightful to. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Just take it all out on the people closest to you. That's my that's advice. That's the way to do it. That's, yeah. That's the get answer. Get through life. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, so um, we, we might as well get this thing down, I think, you know. Let's do have, it. Have you had a think about it? You, I'm sure yes, you have. Yes, I have. I've written, written a little list, Mike. Good Lord. Never used to do homework at school, but somehow now things have changed. Yeah. So, Vicky, Vicky Pepperdine, how lovely Hello. to have you on my time capsule. Uh, and we're going to talk about five things from your life. Indeed. Little tiny things that you think are precious. And you'd yes, like to keep teeny in a time tiny. Capsule. Two teeny, of them are massive. Teeny tiny. Yeah, they vary or not, in size. I don't know. It's up to you. Thanks. That's all right. Good. So. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I put on a special top for you, Mike. I hope oh, you like it. Very... And a necklace and some perfume. Oh. I know that's really weird, isn't it? But it has cheered me up a little bit. So that's good news. And I've, um, as you can see, haven't shaved for weeks. No, it's nice. It's a bit Father Christmassy, that's all, which is a bit... A bit late. It's a bit late in the season because you've got a red top on as well. You just need a little hat <laughs> and some reindeer and you're good to go. But there we are. That's me. OK, so what's your first item you'd like to put in the time capsule? OK, well, I was thinking about this, obviously, uh, and I thought I might try and be a bit cheery-uppy with this list of things because things are, I'm not going to lie, pretty grim for us all. Uh Internationally, really, Mike. Um, so the first thing I thought I'd put in is my very, very entertaining and extremely loving and adorable golden retriever called Archie, who I'd have to put in, but also, also, also keep. So I don't know how that will work because I can't let him go, obviously. OK, well, it depends where you put the time capsule, I suppose. If we bury it deep in the ground, difficult. Exactly. But if you put it under your bed... yeah. Or in the iCloud, Mike. In the iCloud. So he's still here with me, but he's also in the iCloud. What is the iCloud? Have you worked it out? For absolutely not a bloody clue, mate. <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know. Is, okay. it, is it the cloud? Is it the eye? I don't know. Anyway, the eye in the sky. <laughs> I'm just talking nonsense here, as you can tell, and know nothing of technology. Dear God. I mean, trying to plug this microphone in this morning, I did it and it kept falling over and I realised I put it on upside down. This is what, <laughs> this is the extent of my technology. Yeah. And my son is a computer scientist, so there you go. Oh, don't. I taught him everything I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this lovely golden retriever that I've got called Archie, um, who has provided enormous amounts of entertainment throughout my... He's 12 now, by the way. Mm. Um, and as a puppy, he was, I thought, a really, really, really naughty puppy. But it turned out that I was a really, really, really shit owner um, <laughs> and didn't know how to train dogs, didn't know what to do with dogs. I'd always wanted a dog as a child. I'd kind of nagged my parents and finally they got me a hamster, which <laughs> then got a boil on its eye. I called it Hammy, with great imagination. It died fairly swiftly. So I think that the refusal to buy me a dog was probably a good one on their part. Mm. But anyway, so my lovely dog Archie would be going into this uh, this capsule to cheer everyone up because he is a very big character and yeah. he's he is pretty naughty. But as I say, it's really my my fault. But he's a retriever, but he hasn't got the idea of actually bringing things back. So he's really, really good at picking things up and holding them in his lovely soft mouth. Mm -hmm. um, what he doesn't know is how to retrieve so he's not read the job description, essentially. 
uh, and so I've, I actually, when, I, when he was younger and a bit faster, I used to have to carry money around to pay off people because he would do things like there was a man meditating in the park and he stole his flip-flop. Uh, and <laughs> I wouldn't give it back. Chewed it up in the bushes. Uh, and then he, uh, he stole a motorbike glove from a really scary sort of heavy metal-looking man and that was really difficult. But we got that one back. I think he was actually a bit frightened of the man in the end. And then he once took someone's Chinese takeaway out of the bottom of their buggy. They were going to the park for a picnic. And he, we were just going into the park and he went up and nicked it out the bottom of their child's buggy. That was £15. Um, <laughs> he stole a brush and a dustpan from underneath someone's uh, caravan on the campsite that we went on holiday when he was about three. Some people thought it was funny. Some people would be like, I'd be, he stole a crock from someone's doorstep and chewed that hmm. up. And I said to them, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Let me give you some money. I know these are expensive. And she said, oh, it's all right. They're the cheap Aldi ones. Um, <laughs> but just put something in the charity box. I don't think dogs like that are, you can't really blame them. No, no, you can blame the owner. Yeah, I think it's all your fault, <laughs> which is why you had to fork out. 100%. I didn't understand that till quite late on. But it was right <laughs> that I was continually paying people for things that my dog had destroyed and uh, run off with. The child's shoe, actually, that was the worst one, I think, really. Was the child attached? The child wasn't attached. Oh, that's good. The child was in the park, had taken off the shoes to run around free and barefoot and hadn't factored in, silly thing, aged four, that a, a dog might come and take her shoe but they can get away with it, though, can't they, Golden Retrievers? Because they've got that permanent smile, half smile. Perhaps they're beautiful. And everyone mm. spends all the time going, oh, he's so beautiful. And then mm. I have to keep really quiet because really what I want to tell them is he's incredibly naughty. <laughs> but um, but I think he's quite cheery-uppy. So I think I would definitely put him in my Oh, that's bound to cheer you up. Capsule. Absolutely. My neighbour has a, a Golden Retriever, yeah. Polly, and... Exactly the same thing. If Polly thinks that you've indicated in any way whatsoever that she's allowed to come into your house, yeah, she, with glee, comes running up the drive Aww. and just, oh, thank the tail's going. Oh, how marvellous. And I all know. you've done is look at her. I know. You know. She's gone, oh, I can come in. Brilliant. It's just adorable. And the, when somebody shouts, Polly, no, the thing that you never did with Archie. No, I never. She stops and looks and thinks, but, you know, I had an invitation. And look at me. Oh, for goodness sake, I've got the invitation to the birthday party and now you're telling me to go home. I'm all dressed up and everything. <laughs> I've got my beautiful face on. And my mm. parents-in-law had a, a golden retriever called Sam. Oh, right. And my children used to take him for walks when they were quite small. And I do remember him once getting overexcited, as they can do. Yeah. And pulling my daughter over. Oh, my gosh. And I've never seen a dog so contrite. Aww. He would not move from her for the whole Aww. walk. And you had done wrong. He knew it. Oh, little Sam. He was so sorry. That's adorable. Uh, yeah. There. So Aww. Archie, I, I can absolutely yeah. understand that. So I think he's going to cheer up the future people who go into the iCloud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who land on the iCloud to dig up my time capsule. <laughs> With their virtual speed. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Vicky, that's your first thing. So what's number two? Okay, so number two, I'm really thrilled to be able to put this in. I'm very excited to put this particular thing in because it means that it'll live forever. Uh, mm -hmm. And it is the NHS, Mike. Hurrah! Um, I'm putting the NHS into my time capsule because I have a passionate uh, adoration and respect and... Uh, 
beyond, beyond, beyond for every single person who works for the NHS, works within the NHS, has ever worked for the NHS, and for everything that the NHS has done for us as a country and as a people, mm-hmm. f- no matter who, no matter what. And um, the incredible, uh, which I've witnessed so many times in, in my life, with my family, with my friends, with uh, people I know, people I don't know, um, this absolute above and beyond that uh, I think the NHS delivers to us. And mm. I, f- I feel so passionately and I understand that things are so terribly difficult for people now w- within that uh, organisation and so struggling so greatly and I just I want to send them all my love and all my support and everything I can possibly throw at them to say thank you and to um and to say I hope we can preserve this incredible 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 thing that we as a country are so greatly privileged to have and not only preserve maybe improve yeah maybe actually finally see its worth even better even better I heard a politician the other day talking about maybe after this, when we come through it, we will have the spirit, but I think it may have been Keir Starmer, talking about having the spirit of 1948 when we introduced the National Health Service. And yeah. That the country, out of adversary, will turn into a society that, that feels we can't leave anybody behind. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And, and I think that this, um, I think this lifelong passion that I've actually had, it, it stems from the fact that my both my parents worked within the NHS. Um, right. Both my aunts, um, Auntie Betty and Auntie Margot, were nurses during the war. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was actually uh, was disabled in the in the Second World War. He he was eighteen and he went off to fight, and he lost a leg and he lost a lot of friends and he lost his mum and dad at mm-hmm. the age of eighteen and. Um, and and he worked all his life. They saved his life. He worked all his life within that organisation. Um, well, I, the, the health service was actually after that, slightly after that. But nevertheless, the doctors and nurses saved his life, saved one of his legs. Um, mm. I owe a huge debt to those people. And I think all my family have, you know, people have had good working lives within within the NHS, many of many of my family members. and mm. um, And so I have a very personal connection to it too. Um, and then, of course, you've written a sitcom about it. Well, absolutely, and then, and then, of course, oddly, um, without you really knowing it, it all then comes bubbling up through you, and you yeah. you get together with Joe Brand and Joe Scanlon, and suddenly you've got a show that everybody connects to and loves, and um, mm. called Getting On, which many people may not have heard of because it was quite a while ago now. Does that still go on in America? Has HBO taken it? Well, on? they they did. They did three series of it actually, and in fact, wow. they invited us over. We had a part in it one episode which was oh, i mean God. you know pinch yourself kind of wonderful <laughs> how exciting queuing up at the uh, the tent to get our lunches the just the range of food was unbelievable <laughs> that's the main thing i remember but no they did three seasons in uh, on hbo yeah and um mm. yeah absolutely amazing so and we did three seasons here Fantastic. Yeah. My mum worked for the NHS as well. Oh, did she? She was a nurse, yes. But late in life. Right. I mean, my mother trained as a nurse when I was at secondary school. Oh, wow. So quite late. Yeah. And then she became a district nurse. Wow. And eventually just when they said, oh, you've got to retire now because you've reached that age, she said, but I'm, I'm not ready to retire. No. And, uh, and so she, she just volunteered for Marie Curie. Oh, how fantastic. How fantastic. Yeah. See, it's in the blood, I think. It's in the in the very heart of people who do those mm. kind of jobs. And I really 
I don't think I could do it. You know, I no. think I think I would really struggle. I mean, I'm a hypochondriac, actually, uh, so mm. I'd be forever diagnosing myself and panicking and trying to check in to a ward. <laughs> yes. I was told by the doctor the other day, or the doctor's surgery, that I had to come for a check-up. And I yes. said, no, I'm not coming. No. I'm not coming into there. Don't look at me. I'm not walking into your place. Uh, not let you poke me around, you thank think you very I'm mad? much. <laughs> but, you yes, know, you might find uh, something uh, wrong. I'm not having that. I don't know. For goodness sake, I'm fine. I can pretend it's not there. Exactly. Now, I did actually the other day, when they restarted all the um, uh, clap for the NHS, which yes. I, at the time when it first happened, I thought was a, was a marvellous thing because it showed support yeah. when you had no other means of doing it. And also, it was a, a socially, it was a very warming thing. Yeah. Very, it brought a lot of people together, and a chance for for streets really to sort of see each other from a distance, but but just get excited for a moment about yeah. you know at least we're doing something. Yes, yes. But then when it restarted, I I I was aware that the NHS was under such strain, enormous strain, mm, and mm. I felt that we were responsible for that, that we'd ignored the warnings. Uh, not just the government, but all of us, we'd ignored, we all knew it was coming, and now we've put them in this awful situation. And then yet we were all going to just go out and clap for them again. And mm. I, I, I became concerned that it might appear condescending. Yeah. I tweeted yeah. a doctor and said, do you find this condescending? He said, possibly, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. I think it's really difficult. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I actually think most people, I think, have really tried to do the right thing. I think the vast majority of people have absolutely tried to peer at everything on the government website, understand mm -hmm. what on earth they mean by you can go out, but you can't go out. You can <laughs> meet people, but you can't meet people. You can uh, you can travel to wherever you can, but you can't unless you've got uh, a, a file in the back that says you're going to be doing some work, whatever. You know what I mean? It's kind of like... Mm, I do, yeah. I actually think, genuinely, that most people have been truly confused by the rules and and tried to do their best. And I think that the NHS is, of course, completely uh, in, in terrible crisis right now with trying to save lives, mend people, um, and are doing a fantastic job given the circumstances. Mm. And um, I'm torn about the clapping, but I'm also torn because I know that, for example, outside, I think, St Thomas's, there are some COVID deniers shouting, it's all nonsense, and keeping, uh. you know, nurses who are, are, are off, who are trying to get some sleep, um, mm. keeping them awake, or junior doctors, or doctors who are on call, or whatever. And so, I suppose... It's hard to know what to do. We can't do it right. We can't do it wrong. I think do what you feel is right. And and if anyone in the NHS is listening, you know, I hope you, I, I think they understand that the vast majority of this country are behind them. Absolutely. Who wouldn't be really? No, you of know, course. the only people yes. who aren't are the ones who, frankly, stand to make a lot of money if they if they go under um, mm. with private healthcare. So you know, it's it's a really tough one. But you know, they are going in my time capsule because I heart. The NHS. <laughs> Don't we all? Mm. What a brilliant thing. And it's defined us as a nation, Indeed. I think, having the NHS. It's a, such a fantastically unique thing yeah. to say, we will provide for you. Yeah. It's a brilliant thing that we did just after the war, mm -hmm. and we should be astonishingly proud of it. Mm -hmm. And I think if it ever goes, that would be the end of, of mm. us as a nation, I think. Oh. Well, let's yeah. hope not, because it'll be in the time capsule. <laughs> it's there. It's absolutely there, preserved yeah. and safe. Good. Brilliant. So what's next, Vicky? OK, I'm sorry. We're going to have to interrupt Vicky for a short while so we can play you some adverts to try and raise some much-needed funds. 
Yeah, come on, let's be honest. That pool won't heat itself. We'll be back in a second. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back. So, was there an ad? Send me a message on Twitter and let me know. But after we've heard what else Vicky Pepperdine would like to put in her, so far, really lovely time capsule. So my third time capsule thing is, um, I hope this is a cheery-uppy thing, which is the Joan and Jerrica book. Um, (laughs) Why he turns away do's and don'ts from dating till death. Um, (laughs) Which I hope, again, would be something that these people on this uh, cloud with their... uh, their digital diggers will open and think, good Lord, that's very funny, but also rather appalling, um, which <laughs> which seems to be the sort of reaction from yes. most people. Uh, shock, dismay, and then hopefully laughter. Yes. Well, for anybody who's not heard it, you should go and listen to this brilliant podcast. It's so funny. You and Julia Davis are just fantastic on it. Oh, but, thank um, you so much. But also, what I hope is that those... I'm going to link two things Oh, here. go this on. Is, what a brilliant Seamless host I pro. am. It's amazing. I'm going to hope that the people who are standing outside of uh, St Thomas's shouting it's all a lie will find that book and believe it's all true. Ah, oh, you see... You see, mm. there you go. Just switch They'll the tables. They'll take the advice. Fake news. <laughs> because it is absolutely full of the most appalling advice it is. for people. Yes, it is. And essentially, you know, we write these letters, we write them secretly without showing each other so that at least one of us will be shocked and appalled uh, <laughs> on, <laughs> live. Is and, that how you do it? Yeah. And then we just basically make it all up. We don't write anything down uh, apart no. from the letters and then we just... Well, we just riff and just try and make each other laugh, essentially, and mm. um, and spend an awful lot of time laughing and then have to edit <laughs> quite a lot because yes. otherwise it would just be literally us laughing and laughing for half an hour, which would really be very, very, very tedious for, for no, anyone I'm not listening sure it in. Be. I think I might like to hear the outtakes. <laughs> oh, well, yes, actually, there's probably about 47 hours of those, but um, mm. yeah. Yeah. You should put them out one day. <coughs> yes. Just put them out as a special. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I auditioned for Nighty Night with oh, yeah. Julia. And it was the audition that I really, really remember because she got people to do sort of half an hour's improvisation yeah, in yeah. character. Yeah. And it was just so brilliant. Yeah. It was it's, brilliant it's, fun. It's my favourite way to work, really. I mean, we did quite a lot, certainly in the early days with Getting On, we did 
an enormous amount of impro. And in fact, I was just thinking the other day that there was a moment where Peter Capaldi, who directed the first two series, um, I wasn't in a particular scene and he suddenly turned to me and said, go in. <laughs> I was like, what? He said, go in, go in. So I just walked ah. in. I sort of pulled back the curtain around somebody's bed and walked in and they both looked absolutely shocked and appalled because they were actually talking about my character at the time. Oh, um, brilliant. So they got these great shots of Joe and Joe looking sort of horrified and embarrassed. And uh, But, yeah, it's, it is a really fun way to work and um, not everyone likes it. I mean, some people hate it and go, look, just tell me what to say. I can't think of anything. <laughs> but I think if you've got a particular kind of mind, it, it really is the most fun. It's the most fun. It's just brilliant. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just not knowing... Uh, well, if you look at the way people are told to act... Yeah. ...is that you should be treating everything as if it's happening in that moment. Yes, exactly. And that you react to them as if you've just heard them. That's right. And you don't know what you're going to say as well. Those are the things you have yeah, to exactly. pretend. Yeah. So, in fact, all you're doing is doing all the things that are required of people who act well without asking them to act. Yeah. Part of the joy of listening to it is the knowledge that that's what you've done. Yes, good. Is that you know that that each thing that the other person says is a surprise to the person who's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And that they don't laugh. Oh, God. Is that they hold themselves together yeah. and reply as if it's a reasonable thing to say. Yes, exactly, exactly. And it just, <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. But anyway... Uh, we try not to discuss it too much because we actually feel like we might ruin it if we go on too much about uh, yeah, it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really good fun. So I hope that this book in the time capsule would uh, mm-hmm. would cheer up whoever this person is or alien uh, being who's coming to dig it up. Um, That's it. I'm going on Amazon. I'm going to order that oh, book. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Okay, three things we've put in yeah, there so far. Yeah, marvellous. So we've got two left. We've got one, you know, that you want to keep and preserve. Yes. And one that you'd like to banish from your life. Yes, absolutely. So my fourth one that I really want to keep, and again, um, this is a, quite a big one as well. It's France. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, I don't own France, obviously, nor do I own the NHS. And in, in fact, you could argue that I don't own any of the things I put in. But anyway, I'm going to put in France because... Um, Partly because I'm very proud to call myself a libtard snowflake Ramona. Um, mm-hmm. And I, uh, France is the first non-UK place I ever visited. I went with my school on a day trip to Boulogne. Yeah. And um, had the best cheese that I had ever tasted in my life. And I did <laughs> think, what well, hell, why are we eating cheese, uh, so-called cheese uh, in the UK, although I since know that there are some fantastic, fantastic cheeses around and about, of course. Mm. But uh, I kind of fell in love with it, even on that just one day. And I had a neighbour who had a little girl and the the mother was French and I babysat for this little French girl. So I learnt loads of funny words like spider and plaster and poo and um, (laughs) wasp and naughty and sort of odd words that you use when you're around toddlers. (laughs) Méchant guêpe, which means a naughty wasp. Um, (laughs) And my accent in French was was really, really good. I say that only because my vocabulary, when you came to do the grammar and stuff, was absolutely terrible. But I was able to pass myself off as quite French-ish. And so the French teacher very got, got very cross with me because I didn't really do any work. and uh, But I always did quite well, certainly in the oral, um, you uh. know, not to give a Jonah Jerrica uh, <laughs> <laughs> sort of sight on this. But anyway, um, and so I 
did, we never went abroad when I was a kid. That wasn't a thing in our sort of world. So I didn't really go abroad until I was, I think, 18, other than this French trip. But we went to France for a holiday finally when we were about, when we were quite old, actually. And, um, and again, the wine, the cheese, the use of garlic, <laughs> the kind of garlic, um, the just the, the wonderful cooking and the, I think, the most beautiful language, French. Um, mm. And although, you know, in Paris, for example, you, you know, if you try and speak French, they say, yes, madam, what would you like in a very rude way? <laughs> Because they don't want you to feel okay. In the countryside, it's uh, it's fantastic, yeah. and people are much much more friendly and um, and delighted actually that you are making an effort and not just talking in a very loud voice in English. So, um, and because of Brexit and my sadness over the loss of being, uh, 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 well, I'm still a European because, of course, uh, the UK is part of Europe. We are mm-hmm. still part of Europe. We haven't been torn asunder from the globe, but <laughs> but nevertheless, the fact that we're not part of the European Union means that I feel like I would like to hang on to France and put that in mm. the the time capsule for future future peeps. French markets. French markets. I say the words French markets, oh, and what joy that utter, brings to all of us. Utter joy. I mean, oh. things that you just could only dream of. Really. I mean, I know that we have some things now here, but I still don't think it quite does it. No, even all those horrible old cheap clothes hanging up, yeah. you know. And, yeah, fabulous. And then all the, the kitchen utensils laid out. 100%. I, I love yeah. it. I love French markets. And even French supermarkets, like the plates and the yeah. bowls. Bloody lovely. Yeah. Designs are lovely. And you go, what, what's I happened? Know. Why do we have really horrid things with horrid floral painting on them when you've got this? <laughs> Look at this beautiful thing. <laughs> Nothing nicer than on a rainy day on holiday, walking for hours around an enormous Leclerc. Uh, and the stationery, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the French stationery. Oh, my wife's parents lived in France for many years, and we so we visited a lot, mm. and right in the middle of French yeah, countryside. Yeah, beautiful. And that generosity of those yeah. people and the... And the the friendliness. And as you say, the, the astonishment that you knew any yeah, French at all... Yeah. I remember learning Le Marseillaise and singing it one evening, uh, and I became the local hero. Fantastic, you know, fantastic. We just thought it was extraordinary yeah. that an Englishman should learn the French national anthem. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. We took, we went there for a holiday, and we took my son. My, I've got two two boys. The oldest one was then six, and he said he thought he might like to try snails, and so he ate snails and enjoyed them. And he's now an incredible cook, actually, but. Mm. Um, there, they brought the chef out. The chef came out to see the little English boy eating. Couldn't believe it. They all came to have a look. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's lovely. Yeah. I think it's really gorgeous. And I, I have to say, I really, really miss France. One of the awful things about this being sort of, uh, you know, confined, as it were, has been yeah. the fact that I, I regularly just go through the tunnel. Yeah. Just for a day. I still repeat that schoolboy trip to Boulogne. In a way, Lovely. I just go through the tunnel, find Lovely. a nice little restaurant, we have lunch, and then oh we come god. back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And now you've got to sign 17 papers and queue up behind 76 lorries with the, confiscating their ham sandwiches. I know. What madness. <laughs> what madness. Utter fucking madness, madness. Mike. <laughs> Living in a mad world. But thank God we've got these time capsules. Yeah, well, we, in it is France. Ah. In it is France. Vive yes, France. thank you. 
Merci, indeed. So we've got one final thing for you to put in. Well, there were quite a few things that, thank you, I would like to. <laughs> thank you for asking. Um <laughs> There are quite a few things that I sort of toyed with. Um, and uh, in the end, I decided, after much thought, I thought I would put in targeted advertising because I realised that it was starting, particularly in these moments where we're all on our own and we're kind of, um, you know, very much online mm -hmm. and we're very much kind of subject to all this stuff coming into our computers or our phones, that it was starting to make me feel quite unhappy that the adverts I was getting seemed to be how society might define me. And uh, and so I realised um, they were sending me things about, <laughs> about how to get rid of my wrinkles <laughs> and my belly fat <laughs> and how this woman, doctors hate her because she's done one simple trick and uh, got rid of this ghastly terribleness that she's carrying around willfully uh, looking <laughs> looking like an ordinary person um and you know i thought god can they see into my webcam and is this what's happening and they're like oh dear look at that um recently i got one that said um it was a picture of about 12 peeled bananas lined up and it said <laughs> it said Here's how you can empty your bowels completely. <laughs> now, I have to say that has not been a life ambition of mine. Um, and uh, and I don't think it's going to become one, but I was slightly intrigued to then click on it. And then it was about some doctor about how to cure your gut, your terrible gut or something. Mm. Um, and then you had to pay some money. So I thought, no, I'll stop there. This isn't one of your major Google searches, though, is it? Uh, you know, constantly looking. It has never, it has never been. Wow. It has never been that. I mean, I've I've occasionally farted on a Zoom call. So. <laughs> yes, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, that's another one. <clears throat> Maybe they picked that up. I don't know, but um, you know, I just I, I I began to feel quite upset and thought, why are they trying to make me think that all these things which are very normal and happen to everyone in life are somehow terrible and that I've got to change something about them? Um, and then also, I became a bit intrigued because they then started sending me things like I've got I, I had one the other day for a a titanium man's watch which cost £40,000. And I was trying to work out how on earth they thought I might be in the market for that. Um, I was quite flattered, actually, yes. by that one. Um, and, the super rich. And then, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is me, obviously. I tend to get adverts for garden sheds. Oh, lovely. And have you got a garden shed? Mike? I have got a garden shed, yes. And would you want to replace no. it? Because uh, it's just I can, I can forward you something. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've got I've yeah. got all the sheds I need. Thank you very much. You're a man who needs a garden shed. You happen to have one. Maybe you want an upgrade. Maybe you hit a certain age. Well, like this is the, what's depressing. So more recently, I've had um, some stuff about equity release schemes. Mm -hmm. And then even more recently, and most upsettingly, funeral plans. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> So, you know, I try to be open-minded and, uh, and you know, think about these sort of matters. But at the same time, bit of me is a bit like, you know, fuck off. I'll do it when I want to. And stop telling me that I've got wrinkles and a big fat tummy. You know, I, if I want to sort of deal with that, I can. And if I don't, I don't have to. So. <laughs> do you think Jane Fonda gets these adverts targeted at her? I don't know. Maybe she's sending them. I've no idea. Maybe it's her. Maybe it's actually oh. Jane Fonda saying, live like me, be like me. What a terrible but, thing No, I would do. never, ja yeah. I'd never blame Jane. I think Jane is wonderful. <laughs> My wife is always telling me off. We can be lying in bed together. And she's reading and I'm looking at my phone. Yes. And then yes. she says, are you looking at an Instagram advert? And I've been drawn in. I click on it. That's it. 
That's it, clickbait. And occasionally I've bought things. You know, I bought a mask that pertained to actually completely get rid of, you know, block COVID. And then my son actually said to me, well, if that was true, that, that would be a big thing. He said, you've just been clickbaited. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah I've spent course. 50 quid on a face mask. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even flowery. <laughs> But anyway, you know, but but actually the other day I did get an advert for some um, some dreamy pumps that Kate Middleton wore mm. um, that you can now get, Mike, in pink. Uh, and and so I thought, well, maybe they do know me. Of course. They've seen into your soul. <laughs> they've seen into my soul. <laughs> and they understand that I want pink, sparkly, dreamy pumps like Kate Middleton. What <laughs> so. fools, because in fact, I'm the person who wants those. I'm going to gift them to you, Mike. I mean, they're already being packaged up and sent over. So um, expect, expect the pumps. <laughs> oh, Vicky, that's absolutely brilliant. Well, oh. I think all that targeted advertising is a pain in the arse. I do. And uh, yeah. and I'm so susceptible to it. That's the problem. But oh. I think uh, yeah, I'd be glad to see the back of it. Yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately, it's just for you. Oh. It's a little personal thing that goes into your time capsule oh. and it won't happen to you anymore, but we all have to suffer it. So Okay. Well, maybe I'll put an addition, a little sort of add-on, mm-hmm. which will be um, targeted advertising uh, that makes you feel bad about yourself Very good. would be my add-on. Yeah. So maybe they could get the hint that that's something that people, pe- most people probably don't like yeah. very much. Yeah. But anyway. If, in fact, you feel bad about yourself for it anyway, then the last thing you want is to be reminded of the fact you feel bad about it. <sighs> A hundred percent. Or to be shamed. Be shamed. To be body shamed. Yeah. Don't body shame me. <laughs> <laughs> if I tried to come back to you then with a sort of, you know, a, the saying. Yes. Or even the hand movement that goes with don't body shame me. Yeah. I would have looked so foolish. No, it's not fair to call us fools, is it? So no. uh, we reject that. We're not fools because basically I agree with you on, well, obviously it's your dog, but I agree with you on the NHS, on France, on advertising, I'm with you on all of them. Hurrah. So fantastic. They go into the time capsule, we seal it up, safe into the cloud. <laughs> the iCloud. The iCloud, it's gone. It's up there, I hope it doesn't get wet. <laughs> yes, oh no. <laughs> and that's it, Vicky. We've done your time capsule. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's very, very, very lovely. I've enjoyed that. Thank you, Mike. You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my guest, Vicky Pepperdine. I hope you enjoyed our chat. If you did, then you can subscribe to this podcast on Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or, well, basically, anywhere you get your podcasts from. You just search My Time Capsule, click subscribe, and you'll get every new episode as it's released, plus all the episodes you've missed. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information about the podcast. You just search for me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, or you search My Time Capsule, and it'll pop up. If you get a chance to rate the program, then we'd be really grateful. Uh, Please ignore this bit when you're rating it. And also, if you could write a short review, that would be fantastic. Thanks a lot. This podcast was produced by John Fenton-Stevens and is a cast-off production. The music is by Pass the Peas Music. Hmm. If you'd like to hear it in its entirety without me rabbiting away all over it, then you can find it on Spotify and other music suppliers by searching My Time Capsule Theme Tune. That's its title, My Time Capsule Theme Tune. Yeah. 
It's not the greatest title in the history of music. I know, not very catchy. I mean, I suggested The Long and Winding Road or Bridge Over Troubled Water, but apparently they've already been used. <laughs> Who knew? In fact, it is down to Pass the Peas music and my son, John Fenton Stevens, that we have this lovely music. So please do listen to it if you can. If it had been left up to me, we would now be listening to me talking all over Hole in the Ground. Yeah, you know that one. I don't dig there, I dig it elsewhere, you dig it around when it... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Anyway, enough from me. I'll just leave you with an interesting fact. One of the three songs I've just mentioned was produced by George Martin. Any ideas? No, not the Beatles song. No, that was produced by Wall of Sound specialist and convicted murderer Phil Spector. George Martin actually produced A Bridge Over Troubled Water. No, he didn't. He produced Hole in the Ground, sung by the great Bernard Cribbins. There you are. Ah, worth waiting till the end, wasn't it? Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.